Hello. My name is Bishop Darby. I am the Associate Minister at the Marysville Church of Christ, and I will be your host today. In light of all that's happening in the world, this question is quite fitting. What is the church's view of politics? And is there a particular way a Christian should vote? Well, this is a tough question because it has a lot of emotion attached to it. See, a lot of people live and vote their political or their religious beliefs, which isn't a bad thing. In fact, I think we should always live in every way in our religious beliefs. But the problem for a lot of Christians is that we begin to blur the line between religion and politics until they become almost one and the same. So I'd like us to take a moment today and look at the biblical history of politics. It's, uh, let's start with the earliest form of politics we get. In Genesis chapter 11, verses 1 through 9, we get a story, a story that's often told in children's Bible hours and Bible school, the story of the Tower of Babel. God looked out of the world, and, they began, and the people began to gather into one central location, and they built a tower all the way into the heavens. Their hope was that they could so uh, usurp God's authority and be self-sufficient on earth. God eventually says this line, nothing they plan to do will be impossible to them and scatters them, giving each a different language. The ultimate sin revealed to us in the Tower of Babel is that there really is no limit to the depths of evil people will fall to, especially if not kept in check. Remember, this story comes right on the heels of the story of the flood in which God had to destroy the world because of their complete and utter wickedness. It was because of this that God tried to save humanity in this story from a different flood-level event. And the only way he could do that was by separating them. Together, their pride was too much. Their rebellion was too strong. And so God had to disperse them before they did anything irrevocable. And God did this in the most loving way he could, mind you. He set the stage for a beautiful evolution of cultural diversity and language development and traditional immersion. In this way, the beautiful act of God was seen in the ability to refract the beauty of people through a prism of the world. Different cultures, societies, languages, and nations. But also understand, this was never God's intention. Unity was always the intention. Thus, government, in its very nature, is the result of human rebellion and is the best option in a very tragic situation. God may have been the one who inaugurated the time of government, but it was not because he wanted to. It was because he was forced to. Furthermore, throughout the scriptures, God reveals that he is attempting to work through nations for the betterment of the world. But ultimately, dominion and reign over earth and all the nations is not with him. But as we talked about in a previous podcast, it's with Satan. In Matthew chapter 4 and verse 8, again in Luke chapter 4, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4, Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 2, and on and on the list goes, we see that Satan is the ruler of this world and its nations. What we see is that God is working the best he can through government. But it's still Satan who's in charge. This view of government should reveal to us that no political entity 
or infrastructure was designed, desired, or implemented by God, but rather by the rebellion of man and the reign of Satan. That is not to say that every government or political faction or political party or economy is perfectly evil, but it is to say that no government, nation, political faction, political party, or economy is morally good. What we see throughout the teachings of Jesus is that we have a responsibility to work in the world without getting consumed by the world. We see that in John 16, 11 and John 12, 31, the phrase prince of this world is used. And Jesus is warning his apostles to stay clear of the prince of this world, to not get too involved, lest you lose yourself to him. Jesus goes even as far as to say that we as a Christian have a responsibility to work for people and not for country, not for government, not for leaders, but for individuals. And on the surface, this may seem small, a small nuance, a small difference. But what it actually means is that our priority as Christians needs to always be to the well-being of those around us, irrespective of the government they find themselves in, the political party they find themselves in, or anything. Because government was the result of a fall, and the world is being run by Satan. Jesus did ask us to engage with government, though, the same way he engages with every tool of Satan, and every response to human fallenness, and everything around him. He sought to destroy its wickedness, to disarm it, through submission, humiliation, and subversiveness. He asks us to submit to our government, to humble ourselves to it, and to be subversive to it. That means to undermine the power and authority of the evilness of something while still working within the system. So a Christian is responsible to work to change the evil around us. Whether that evil comes in the form of a government, comes in the form of individual corruption, or persecution. So, What does this mean for us on a practical level? As an election is coming up, what does this mean? First, it means that we need to realize that no political party is in affiliation with a Christianity. Christianity is above and also underneath government. Meaning, we are, our priority is above government, but we work subversively underneath the government to change the lives of people around us. Christians can be Republican, and Christians can be Democrats, because Christianity isn't a political ideology. Christianity is a transformative faith. Second, it means that we need to consistently work, consistently work to differentiate kingdom affairs from earthly affairs. The kingdom of our earth may have an agenda, but the kingdom of God has one too. And we can never be distracted by the agenda of the kingdoms of earth at the expense of the kingdom of God. So first, Don't allow any political ideology to take the place of your faith, nor make your faith about any political ideology. And second, do not confuse kingdom affairs with earthly affairs. And third, and this is a really important one, this is a very important one, constantly, constantly, constantly preserve unity in the face of all else. Paul obsessively wrote on the unity of the church. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, Ephesians 4, Colossians 3, in fact, Jesus is one of Jesus' final prayers while he was on earth. And John 17 was all about this idea of unity. 
don't allow a tool of Satan, the result of fallen humanity, government, to divide the kingdom of God, which is intercontinental, which has no borders and has no ideologies, save one, and that is the love of Jesus Christ. Nothing in Scripture is more clear than this. Do not divide over things of this world. So as a Christian, what is our responsibility to politics? Well, our responsibility is very simple. It's whatever you choose it to be. For some of you, that means to vote. And if you decide to vote, then vote your conscience. But vote with the understanding that your earthly affairs are not as important as the kingdom ones. Don't divide against others who may disagree with you politically. Don't get in long, heated arguments. For as Paul writes, be at peace as long as it depends on you with all around you. Never, ever, ever allow the tools of Satan to supersede the love of Christ. So this election season, I want you to remember those three things. Don't confuse your faith with your political party. Don't confuse earthly affairs with kingdom affairs. And third, never, ever, ever allow anything to separate the beautiful and wonderful body of Christ. Okay, well, that's today's question. So I appreciate, um, I appreciate all the questions that are coming in. If you have a question you would like to submit, please submit it to bishopdarbyministries at gmail.com. Bishop Darby Ministries at gmail.com. God bless you and go with God.